so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Ho Ho Hong Kong, I am Andy Curtin and I'm sitting here with my very good, I can't call you a colleague anymore. <laughs> yeah, Your partner in crime? I think that's the most accurate yeah. possible description. <laughs> in literal crime, sometimes. <laughs> Muhammad Magdi is here. Uh, before we get started, I am, uh, if you want to find me online, you can f- look up at, at Andy Curtin on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Mo, how do people find you? Um, at the other Muhammad on Instagram, that's where I'm most active. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, Muhammad Magdi. And uh, you can find me at home with my dog most of the time. So, just very quickly, for, so apologies to anyone that tried to listen to the live stream on Sunday. It was a bit of a train wreck. Uh, I don't know what's going on. We have to figure <laughs> out the audio. But, uh, yeah, we just got kicked out for our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also, shocker, you and me got together and tried to do something that didn't work. Well, very publicly, wow. Very publicly <laughs> fell to pieces. <laughs> it was uh, such unfamiliar territory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, we tried to do a live stream with Tennis Parks, who's in New York, our other partner in crime at yeah. school. Screwing things up, <laughs> and it was an absolute uh, disaster. So Turner was going to come on to plug his podcast, which you've just been on. Yeah, I was on. It's a lot of fun. Him and Michael Arya Kaplan. They basically, their new format is uh, is going around the world, talking to comedians who have like political unrest in their countries. So yeah. we're talking about the UAE. Didn't Israel. talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, nothing goes on in in, in Australia. Uh, Hong Kong. I don't uh, live in Australia. Yeah, well, he talked to yeah, me about the Middle East. Nothing goes on in Hong Kong. <laughs> at least that's what we legally have to say now. They said comedians, Andy. Oh, <laughs> mate, I'm cutting you now <laughs> so yeah it was a lot of fun also it turned out like you know the podcast usually the host would ask the guests like to plug their social media and i as a joke said my full address in hong kong thinking that it's gonna bleep it out because it's not live and he just left it in turner and i come <laughs> from the camp of we don't edit nothing <laughs> exactly i was so shocked listening to it. i'm like ah shit so, in case you don't know where I live, I guess you can go back to the episode and listen yeah, to that. Yeah, thankfully people had a good enough sense about your apartment that even knowing the address, <laughs> no one wanted to go there. <laughs> we literally featured my apartment on a Mama Hoo Hoo video. Several, several, <laughs> so several. I took a shit on a Mama Hoo Hoo video <laughs> in your apartment. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and Tambi showered for real. Tambi actually showered in a Mama Hoo Hoo video. He was video. supposed to just do like a few seconds of him tra- pretending to shower. And he was also kept... so ready to get naked on oh, video. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're like, we don't need you to get naked. He's like, I'll do it. He's yeah. <laughs> like, don't get so much in character right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so, the thing we're talking about today. Oh, yeah. So, those of you uh, might be under the misapprehension that Muhammad and I work at a comedy club in Hong Kong, which is no longer true. Yeah. Um, we both were unceremoniously fired this week. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the uh, who knows what's going to happen with the club, but I would guess not much. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I got we got a call on Monday morning. It's pretty funny because they called me and then they got Muhammad and every staff member at the venue on yeah. a Zoom call <laughs> for a public execution. Yep. For a group. They took him out to the brick wall behind I the really building. I really hope this call was recorded. I don't know if it was, but it has to be. Yeah. It was quite funny. I told you what my buddy said about it. No. He was like, they're, they're, they're breaking the news that you're all fired. He's like, I want you to know you're not alone. So please switch your camera <laughs> to gallery view. <laughs> I also love that they did it. So they got Andy on a call and us on a Zoom call simultaneously. So at the same time, Andy doesn't know what's going to happen to us and we don't know what's going to happen to him. And also, I didn't tell you this part. On the Zoom call, it was just the one person telling us the news and everyone was silent. For like five minutes. That's never. I've never seen that on a Zoom call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and everyone was just that. Like, and he also yeah, like had this you, guys are f- you guys are. You guys are. Can whoever's got a child in the background? Can they turn off their microphone, please? <laughs> he goes. You guys are. F- is this thing on? Hello. 
Did he really? <laughs> no. That would be funny. It would have been really funny. Because a lot of the staff were all predominantly Filipino. And didn't he ask you? He was like, so, Mohammed, did they understand what I was saying? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they called me two hours after the call and we're talking about it. We just want to clarify that yeah. these people understand that they no longer work at yeah, the yeah, company, goes, right? Did everyone understand me? Did he tell you anything? I'm like, no. I, he's like, I don't think they know what, what I said. Yeah. <laughs> they rock up on Tuesday for work. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hi. You guys, you're on the Zoom call, right? <laughs> oh, I had the sound off. <laughs> yeah. Also, he was the only person who had the camera on. So we just like all just quiet faces, that, like black screens and him just with a big grin on his face telling us that we're fired. Yeah. And it was also effective immediately. He's like, don't go back to the club. Really? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And they gave me a similar one. The funny one for me was I got a message on Monday morning saying hat from one of the bosses in Singapore who I am admittedly f- f- very good friends with. Right. But he said, hey, man, can you get on a call in five minutes? And I replied, yes, unless you're firing me, in which case I'm not free until the end of the year. <laughs> and uh, then he had to call me and fire me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, how, many, how many comedy clubs now or how many venues have we effectively I mean, I would say like good venues or just venues. Venues in general, because venues in general would be a high number. Venues in general is a very high number. Yeah. But I would say, in all honesty, of of serious comedy rooms that we ran, I'm going to say we are n- we've now lost four. Yeah. I am thinking the same number. So, so Suzhou, two in Shanghai, and one here. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, and both, all of them in just catastrophic ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in their own independent catastrophic ways. Who would have known when we started planning the riff that it's going to turn up this way? Like just the uh, series I of think events. Anyone that <laughs> reads newspapers? <laughs> no, but we, you know, we planned it like earlier last year. Mate, you know nothing what, was happening in Hong You know Kong. what I thought about it? <clears throat> and here's how early we were involved in that venue. We started to close in on that venue in late 2018. Yeah, yeah. And I remember because I did Jim Jeffries' tour in January 2019. Yeah. And that was when I did the final view of the venue before we signed the lease. Right. And that was in January 2019. And that's exactly my point. No protests. Yeah. Hong Kong, beautiful, serene, peaceful place. Lang Kwai Fong, busy with tourists. Lang Kwai Fong, the busiest place <laughs> on earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now famously deserted. Oh, man. It's, it's been l- deserted. I was saying, you know, it's been deserted. Since we moved in. Pretty much since we moved here. <laughs> Does that tell you something, Andy? Yeah, not only do we ruin our own comedy clubs, yeah. we'll ruin other already successful businesses. Like Just the, for that like presence. The clubbing strip and like party strip in all of Hong Kong for years and years. And we move in and it's like dead. Oh, man. So, I want to go back. Let's do it. Let's go through. <laughs> I want to go through. I'm so bummed we didn't have Tanner on this call because it would have been so great. But yeah. On this recording. But um, let's go back through all of the gist. Hey, how about we get Turner a Zoom call and then he fires us? Yeah, (laughs) well, we probably we just get booted off another Zoom call. (laughs) No, but I want to go through all of the like the train crashes that have happened, the major ones. Yeah, and the first one was the loss of, uh, and it's man, it's there's so many ways we can tell the story, but the loss of of the Jinshan Lu venue, yeah, was the big first big one. Yeah, that was. This was a venue that we got into. Within the first 12 months, we, we started at Massey in late 2010. 2011 yeah. or 2000? Maybe I two, wasn't around. I yeah, joined pre, in 2013. You started at Massey. That yeah. must have been your first show was there. My first show was a small room in Massey. Like I was involved in the renovating. And, and so, so, so we started out in a tiny room. Yeah. Then that got renovated to a larger room. Yeah. And then a few years later, we ended up taking the whole top floor of the venue and yeah. making a pretty amazing club. It was club. beautiful. Yeah. I always remember that. That was the first comedy club that I built. Yeah, the, I always remember the Ari Shafir Late Show because that was one oh, of the shows. Oh, you're talking about, I'm talking about upstairs. That was upstairs. The Ari Shafir Late Show no, was no, upstairs no, 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 when no. he pulled out, trust me, when he pulled out his notebook and he goes, what do you guys want to talk about? you're misremembering. It was in the small room. I, I'll tell you 100%. Mm. So what we used to do mm. when we had 
once a month we'd fly in a big headlining act and we would take there were there were two floors of Massa. Yeah. We would take over the whole downstairs of the bottom floor yeah. for the early show. Yeah. And then on the same floor in the comedy room, we yeah. would move in for the late show. That's where Ari did his show. I'm not okay. 50-50 on this. I'm 100% yeah, okay. on that. In fact, Fair. I can tell you every show. Dude, this is how tight the timing was. Yeah. We ran two comedians. Actually, do you know what it was? Mm. It was we had the room got set up while I was on the road with Kyle Grooms. Yeah. And uh, Klosik was living with us. Yeah, I remember that. And he did the top room when it first got built. I think he closed an open mic there on like a yeah. Wednesday. And then Kyle Grooms had his weekend in there. And that yeah. was it. That was like, we're like, we're doing it. Yeah, We've made yeah, it. Yeah. We've made a comedy club. We just sold out two, two or three shows in it. I remember that was the first big headliner was Kyle Grooms. Kyle it Grooms. Just, it was beautiful. It was amazing. And we were like, we're like, we've and done it. And we had it. the bar to Dude, the left You could see all the, the windows. You could see yeah. the city. And, yeah. and um, funnily enough, from that window, you could see the building that I worked in in the last job I had before I did comedy. Really? Which is pretty traumatic. Oh, I didn't know job that. for me. And yeah. I remember standing there looking out that building being like, ha, I, <laughs> ah, look I, at me. I got you. <laughs> and boy, did they get me. <laughs> Do you think that's, your company was called Zoning Issues? Oh, my God. <laughs> the permanent zoning issues. Exactly. <laughs> so there's a long way to tell that story. I don't even think we have enough time for today. But yeah. long, long story short... Uh, we actually, before we even had a venue, we nearly imploded because we bought Butch Bradley out. Yeah. We, bought, we flew out a resident comedian for 10 months. Yeah. An L- L- LA uh, professional uh, named Butch Bradley. And mm. we were just losing so much money. And the way that I pulled us out of it was I got someone to invest in a comedy club and sold them on this idea. Like, we've got this pro. Let's build a room for them and make it really great. Yeah. And that... That is a whole nother story. Getting to that point, yeah. which we don't even need to get into, but that was like a whole ridiculous story, culminating in that comedian mm-hmm. booking himself outside of our agreement yeah. in a theater the week that we were signing the contract, <laughs> inviting the person signing the contract yeah, to invest the, the money, <laughs> basically showing that the contract we put in front of him was meaningless for exclusivity. Yeah, uh, didn't sell any. He didn't sell any tickets. He got so drunk. In this theater, <laughs> he repeated the same joke. He repeated twice. the joke, abused a woman in the audience, and had to be pulled off the stage twenty minutes <laughs> into his own set. This guy's calling me at eleven thirty at night, being like, "What is going on with your <laughs> operations?" Yeah, had to cut that guy out immediately, but managed to still close it. Built the comedy club. Uh, but we physically then build the comedy club. And yeah, there was no building team at the time. So, for, so I've 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 pulled us out of the hole. Yeah. I've dodged that big bullet. We're there. Kyle Grooms does it. He kills. It's a great show. And then I go back to Australia. Yeah. After a very stressful few months, for a holiday. And then at the airport in Shanghai. Nah, I wasn't at the airport. Or was it? It, it was. I think you were at some airport when it started happening. Maybe you were already in Australia. No, I was already in Australia. Yeah. I remember I was at my parents' place. Yeah. And I get this message from the bar owner, mm. uh, who's a lovely chap, <laughs> saying, as of now, uh, we are charging every customer to be in on every show, open mics, all these free yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. It was stuff. like something like a per head, yeah. whatever. Charging like- us, I think, a per head. Yeah. And I just said to him, I was like, hey, I'm on holiday right now. We've yeah. just finished construction. Yeah, we had one headliner there. We that was one, it. Really? Yeah. That yeah. was it. One weekend. Yeah, one weekend. And I said, can we discuss this when I get back? This yeah. is, bearing in mind, this is A, not a person I'd had conflict B, yeah. with, B, a person whose business we'd rescued. Yeah. He had an unsuccessful bar that's suddenly like printing money because yeah. the comedy was booming at that point. Uh, and I say, I, I didn't even say no. I said, can we, can we talk about this when yeah. I'm back? And he said, no deal. You're out. Mm. Changes, you know, kicks us out unceremoniously, pulls down all of our signage. Uh, and I had to continue the comedy club on, move it into another venue yeah. while I'm living, while I'm in Australia for two weeks. And it was, dude, it like, I don't see my parents that often. I don't see my family that often. I had two weeks 
of literally sitting on the phone, yeah. finding venues, moving shows, getting started. So it was funny because I wasn't on, in, in, involved in the operational side at this point. I was yeah. still just a comic. And I remember you getting everyone at, on the on the group chat and going like, hey, this happened. This has just gone down. This is just going and down. And so poorly thought out. For, I don't know what this guy was thinking. I don't know if he, he thought... That all uh, the comics he, he must would just have be planned so to do a couple of guys, like which co- later we knew that was the case. Yeah, maybe, maybe one guy. Yes, maybe um, a couple of people. I would say. But but in any yeah. event, uh, save for one lesser comic that we had, the entire yeah. lineup was like, "We're never stepping foot in your venue." Yeah. Um, and screwed his business, and also which we eventually completely lost. Yeah, he doesn't. Have, he lost that business. Yeah. yeah. Um. And just a bizarre greed. And I think he was under the illusion that, like, he was the mastermind behind this comedy scene that was booming. Yeah, it's also, like, when you have a venue like this, you just think the venue is everything and you don't know that the people are everything. It's funny That's that. The you know, everyone overvalues their contribution, yeah. but, but you need everyone motivated. Like, yeah. you want to find a healthy way for people to feel like they're making a big difference, but then... You know, when you do have success, you get these egos. And some people are of that mind where they're like, they can't have the mutual benefit. You know, they've got to have this disproportionate benefit to themselves. Yeah. Um, but so, anyway, so all the comments, It was yeah. awful. And, and it nearly killed the scene because we ended up in a venue that had very generous, uh, like, um, what am I trying the to say? Camel. Yeah, the the, yeah. the operators that venue were very supportive. Yeah, and they, they were great. Were great to but us. it was just yeah. a bad venue. It's a bad venue we, for. Co- it's a great venue for everything else. It's yeah. a popular bar, and it's good for sports. It's good for hanging out, and pool tables, and all of that. It's just not a good venue for comedy. It had a completely non-soundproofed sliding door <laughs> between the comedy show and one of the busiest bars in yeah. Shanghai, and you like. This is why I hate soccer. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> so, like, every, every part of this, I am just like... Yeah. So, like, first of all, Arsenal, the soccer team, yeah. is very popular in China. It is. Not because they come from an interesting place. Not because, because they the wear place, red jerseys. Because they wear a red jersey. <laughs> they are simply for that, because they pick the right color. Yeah. They're the most popular team in China. Which is funny because Liverpool also wears red jerseys, but no one cares about them. Yeah. So, <laughs> every time that... And this was a sports bar. Yeah. So, every time there's a soccer match on... It's the biggest sports bar in Shanghai. That was. Yeah. yeah shut down as well. <laughs> uh, and they ha- would have three to 400 people on the other side of a non soundproof sliding door yeah well we're trying to run matches i remember being at shows and like a goal would score yeah. and the show would literally the comedian on stage would literally just have to stand there <laughs> and waiting wait for the ch- for the ch- no, like, I, I, I literally had people go outside to look at the replay of the goals and come back into the end of the room oh. while i was on stage oh my god <laughs> it was brutal dude i have ptsd <laughs> from that also i don't know if you remember that the stage was not centered in that room. Yeah, it was the in the stage corner. Was to the, in the corner. Do you know what's funny <laughs> is my I feel like I have a, a PhD in building comedy rooms now. I agree with that. I think I would have a, a proper uh, but what there's is so many little things like that when <laughs> people say, oh, what if we put the stage in the corner and I can be like, I can I know I've done it. I've yeah, done that exactly. format. It's just mistakes it's that you good. learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the stage was also the height was weird, like it was too high as I think I remember. Yeah. And it was not ideal. You know, but I the staff was nice to us, like you know, at least giving us this venue when we had not. And then we would also run the shows oh upstairs. Mate, That's a whole other thing. That whole process of running a show where you have to run over to the DJ and ask them yeah. to turn the music down. I'm just, I'm never gonna put myself in that situation ever again. So we, when we have the uh, touring acts, we would have them up in the banquet room. Oh, they had this huge yeah. banquet room. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you a funny one. <laughs> so, many, so many, so many funny stories from that room. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but there was a a homeless blind guy that used to play the panpipes outside that bar. Oh, I remember that. And you'd be like in the middle of a, a headliner show, like 200 people, and you'd be like, and he's like, he's like, how is he doing it out of tune? It's a panpipe. You know, there's no rhythm. There's no beat. It's just a blind guy blowing wind on this thing. Dude, I literally would go down there. I've done this twice and pull out a hundred bit R&B and be like, in Chinese, and be like, this is a hundred R&B, you're moving, and march the blind homeless guy like a hundred meters down the road. Wow, so much for reputation for being a dick, Andy. I paid him. 
him. I paid the guy <laughs> twice. <laughs> he probably didn't trust you. He was blind. He doesn't yeah. know what you're giving him. You know what? I was, <laughs> the second time I was like, maybe I should just give him two RMB. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here is an apartment. Why contract. am I wasting my just money on this? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, here's an apartment. Sign here, and yeah. I'll give you a full apartment. Yeah, in, exactly. In, uh, in Sungjung, just go there. No, it's in Jinxiandlu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, yeah, this this banquet room was crazy too because it was like I think it was too big for what we're trying to do. Yeah, we had some pretty rocking shows in there. That's true. I remember Paul Ogata slaying. Dude, I remember Steve Simone. Steve Simone in a small crowd. Dude. One of his shows, I think the Late Show didn't have as big crowd, and he just went. Uh, he's like maybe twenty people, and all we all as openers struggled. Do you remember Quinn Dale's show there? Yeah. So he had a good show, and then the Late Show. It was so weird. There was a company that my dad works with in Shanghai at the time, and he just bullied them. He's like, you're taking all of your colleagues to my son's comedy show. And they made up like half of the show, and none of them wanted to be there. Right, yeah. And Quinn just had to eat it Yeah, and Quinn is also the style of comedy that you really have to be a fan of comedy, not sure. just a fan of jokes. Yeah. Like, you have to like the art of stand-up to I, enjoy I, Dude, Quinn. I could watch Quinn Dow any day of the week. He's Same. super amazing. Yeah, but I also understand that like, if someone is just like, you know, sometimes you just want to go and see a guy tell a funny story, but Quinn doesn't really tell a story. He tells jokes. And it's different if you're not into the show. Yeah. It was yeah. brutal, yeah. So, in any event... So, uh, how long do we stay at the camel for? Yeah, I d- nah, I, I, you know what? I think it was a year between... I think it took us a year... It was a bit over a year to leave Jin Lu and get to Shangyang Bailu. Oh, you missed into Ark. Yes, no, so I, that's why. So I think yeah. it was like 10 months at the Camel. Right. And then like a two, couple of two months. months. Yeah. So, so I, watching this scene that I'd spent years of my life building just crumble and all of these great comedians just being like, well, I can't be in this city for comedy anymore and just leave. Yep. Um, so I desperately found a crappy little bar with a tiny little room. Wait, didn't also Schaefer remind us that oh my he God. met... We didn't know that. I think you didn't even remember that. No, I don't know if he I ever knew that. the venue owner on Tinder. So it's basically this ri- rich <laughs> Shanghainese girl whose dad had given her enough money to just go have a bar. Right. Her bar is hemorrhaging cash. They have no business at all. <laughs> oh, in, in a great place, location. It was a good location. Yeah. yeah, and it was an interesting old Shanghai house. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It was an it, interesting... The room was interesting. Yeah. No doubt was, about it. I Actually, yeah. If if everything was different, like a, I think that would a, be a cool room for comedy. Cool. Actually, yes. yeah. Um, and uh, so, so many like the sh- it was the dark period for comedy. Right. It was, yeah. It was rough. I put Darshan in that room. Did you? Yeah. Whoa. I yeah. don't remember that. Yeah, he did that room. Uh, in front of like uh, this room completely packed with have like people? 40, 40 is too much. It, somehow we didn't still didn't sell it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of funny things happened in that room. Uh, well, first of all, if there is more than three people on the stairwell, it's squeaking loudly. Oh, everything you can hear the stairwell. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old Shanghai yeah, house. It's yeah. like a wooden house. And then also, do you remember one time um, the toilet was downstairs at the bottom of this narrow stairwell yeah. staircase, and Drew was hosting and Laurent was on the toilet and Drew's like, next comedian, Laurent Genot. And we're like, Laurent, get up here. <laughs> Laurent can hear himself. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't realize, pisses all over the front of his pants, <laughs> runs on stage yeah. with a giant wet patch on the front of his pants. <laughs> Meanwhile, the crowd is dying laughing. Yeah. Laurent, and he thinks, Laurent thinks he's killing. Exactly. He's like, oh my God, you guys are so fun. This is the best I have ever done. Like, he, and he's oh, there, man. we're just taking photos, putting it in the group. Like, Laurent <laughs> literally just pissed his pants and is on stage right now. <laughs> Somehow wasn't even the worst thing that happened at that Yeah, that, at was, that, that was miraculously, like, one of the better shows. Dude, you had a full-on fight there. Uh, more than one. <laughs> <laughs> the one where Chris Mosney was in town. That It was Chris Mosney and Rudy Tybergsen. Right, who are both jacked, Both jacked way. dudes. Yeah. So, again, I'm still flying in comics. Yeah. Like, that's how committed I was. Yeah. I'm flying in comics to the smallest comedy room on earth and bring these guys in and we're having a beer afterwards and this group of... So, here's the thing about in China. People say Chinese people won't fight. Chinese guys will pick a fight if there's if they're, a if ratio they're the, of yeah. 30 to 1. Yeah. 
That's when they'll pick a fight. Over and over in my time there. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're in this bar. This girl running it, she's quite meek and quite small. Yeah. And she's just like in her little bar with her dog uh, and like one barman. And this huge group of, of Chinese guys comes in and they start pushing her around. And yelling at her and being mean to her. And yep. West, so the show's ended. Me, Rudy, and Muzni are sitting outside the front. Um, and I just hear this commotion. So I, just, or I walked in and she's getting yelled at by this dude. And I just said to her, hey, are you okay? And they just launch at Yeah. Me. And they like, there was, a, there was a small room at the back of the venue and they're throwing tables and chairs and they kind of <laughs> got me into the small room. At which point I was like, oh, they pushed me down as well. At yeah. which point I was like, forget, the rule is never hit a Chinese guy. Never yeah. hit a Chinese yeah. guy. Because you're you will go to jail. Yeah. You will go to jail if you're you hit a Chinese wrong. guy. Right. Yeah. You're always in the wrong. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's happened. You will go to jail. Yeah. Uh, even if you're... You know, it's self-defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I get to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm, I might be in trouble here. I've been yeah. hit a couple of times and I'm on the floor. So I just go yeah. like... Full on. Yeah. I start hit, just smacking people. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Rudy and Muzni are behind a crowd of people trying to pull me out of it. Yeah. Um, they grab me. I managed to take a few of them down and yeah. then we just get out of there. <laughs> um, and one of them followed us into the street and boy, did I unleash a bit of uh, frustration on that person. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Rudy and Chris are just like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've been going to the gym for years for. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, that, he goes, oh, this is why you call it Kung Fu Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. So, that happened. Um, so, yeah, we find after that, Zach, who is the Manage the the guy who had the job my job before me, he finds the Xiangyan Beilu venue. Yeah, actually, they approached me. Here's mm. what happened: was so we used to be in the Bookworms in yeah. Suzhou, Chengdu, and yeah. Beijing. And Beijing. Another, another set of venues, beautiful venues that was shut down. Yep. Um. So, the guy that used to run our shows in Suzhou had was actually the manager at Cartel. Yeah, Ben. Ben. Yeah. Exactly. So Ben messages me, lovely dude. Yeah, Ben and is he's great. Like, he's like, mate, we've got a whole floor here just sitting here vacant. I think you could do shows. Yeah. So I go and have a look at it. but I, And I was always very reluctant to run a bar because it's not a business that I understood. It's not a business that I'd had much ex- experience in you know, running and setting up a bar. Yeah. And I said to them, look, I really want to do it, but you guys need to run the bar and mm. give me a super low rent because you're going to make all this money off our customers. Yeah. And they're like, no. No, you build a bar, you sell a bar. Oh, that, that's the only way rent. we'll do yep. it. And I was like, I'm not doing it. And and you know what? I remember walking home from a show with, of all people, Storm. Right. And he said to me, where do you think Kung Fu Comedy will be a year from now? And I just said, mate, I think we're finished. Yeah. I was like, I think this is it. And he started crying. Yeah. And I was like, wow, what a little bitch. No. <laughs> no, I felt so bad. No, I felt this obligation. And also dedication to what he likes to do. Yeah, but I, I was like, I've got to find a way to figure this out. And Zach, uh, he said, listen, man, I've made this P&L, yeah. uh, you know, budget for what this looks like. He's like, we don't need to sell that many drinks to make this work. Yeah. So... I just got all the money I had left and we built this place and it was insane. We built the place in two weeks. Yeah, it, it was built stupidly quickly. I think it was actually like a week and I was on site. You know, my Chinese actually improved that week. What was, was the name site. of the builder? So uh, the builder was like, <laughs> the, yeah, if we ever make this into a What's movie. What's the name of the, of the basketball player? It was player. Yao Ming. Yao Ming. It's the same guy. It yeah, was yeah. Yao Ming. His name was Yao Ming yeah. from Shanghai. And boy, <laughs> he was awesome. Boy, he was just a total cartoon character <laughs> of a human. He would, at the years after we built the bar, he would just come in and expect free booze. He, would just wa- he wouldn't expect it. He would just grab it from the fridge. But you know what? And, like, just, and have I li- a cigarette I liked at him. the bar where him. it wasn't smoking, wasn't allowed. But he was, there was something about, he was so... He was so unapologetic he was in who so he was. Una- yeah, yes. yeah. And it was very endearing. Oh, yeah, I loved him. Every it, time he comes in, I'm like, he's going to be a little bit of trouble, but it's always fun to see him. The, the f- okay, so I'm fast-forwarding in the story a little bit, but I just want to yeah. tell this story about Yao Ming. Just perfect <laughs> Yao Ming story, right? Yeah. So, so we... Uh, how do I tell this quickly? I'll tell this very quickly. So, basically, we built the comedy room, right? right? And 
at the door to enter the comedy room was an office. Yeah. Right? We didn't have a bar. Yeah. So, what they let us do was our bar is we put up a curtain and brought eskies out. And I we would, on a, literally in an office at a desk, yeah. be handing people <laughs> beers. That was our bar. Yeah. And it was so disgusting <laughs> and bad and comically unprofessional yeah. that I eventually negotiated to, to rent the part of the of, office. Yeah. And an, another dude uh, who's an architect in Shanghai that was a fan of the comedy club very generously just gave us designs for a really low amount of money. He's like, this is what you need to build a bar. Give this design to a comedy. Oh, by the way, building the comedy club, we had no plans. Yeah. Like no was, design plans. Yeah. I literally stood there with a building team and I was like, put a wall here, <laughs> put a stage. And I just walked in a line. I'm like, this is what the stage going to look like. No measurements. <laughs> they built the stage. I was like, it's too high. People are going to hit their heads on the roof. Had to cr- destroy the stage and build a new stage. <laughs> I remember that. Um, and, and also, I remember... They built everything and I was like, oh, where are the power plugs? Like, where do we put plug yeah. things in? They're like, you need to tell. That's part yeah, of the design. The <laughs> They're supposed to tell us that and before. And you clearly we, have so, no idea. No, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I never worked in construction. Yeah, like, so we had to break the wall and put fucking power in. Yeah. <laughs> um, the soundproofing, they didn't know how to do soundproofing. That was a whole train wreck for the whole time that we were there. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so so when we sub- subsequently went to turn the office part of the office into a bar, which was also a horrible negotiation, um, I remember I'd gone out to like a a flooring place in the you know the outskirts of Shanghai with Yao Ming, yeah, and picked this flooring, and I remember it was one of the last things they put in, and I remember he put it in, and he's like, oh, you gotta come see the flooring, yeah, and I go there and it's yellow. Instead of brown. Right. And he's standing there. Yao Ming's like smoking inside. Of course. (laughs) course. (laughs) And he's like, so what do you think? (laughs) And I'm looking at like, is this the material we picked? Yeah. And he goes... Uh-huh. <laughs> and I go, it's not the material we picked against. Ah, you got me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to get rid of his old stock. Yeah. <laughs> so they like, the dumb foreign won't notice. <laughs> it was yellow. <laughs> so they had to remove it all yeah. and then redo it. And he did it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when we br- would bring him in to like, fix like minor stuff, it feels like you're bothering your landlord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same. And I had to, dude, the, everything they built, I had to stand over them and make sure, that, like literally standing over workers for, for a, over a week straight. Just They were still building it the day that we had our first show. Yeah. Um, and it just also smelled a, like paint, Just by an the way. example yeah. of how bad we were. We didn't think about the AC. No. This yeah. had an AC unit for like 30 people in a room that we were now putting 100 people in. Yeah. And it was the biggest sweat pit of all time. <laughs> and it was it was very expensive to install the ACs actually. Yeah, I mean with the budget that we had like no, there was basically no, no budget. budget. Yeah, that's right. No money, we're all broke. Um so that venue, so the next venue that we lost uh was Sujo. And I think that was the most traumatic for me personally because it just it was the realization maybe i didn't fully realize it at the point but it was the point at which what china had become was not going to allow us to do the thing that we'd for years thought we were going to be able to do yeah and it was also a stark reminder that you can lose it all in china China. that's right so vulnerable yeah extremely vulnerable and the best that can happen is you just lose the business because it can always be worse and that's another lesson that i learned yeah you can go to prison and i know people have been yeah absolutely and you can just lose everything i saw people getting arrested and their wechat accounts get frozen immediately dude you couldn't transfer their money out of their wechat the second they got arrested dude i remember uh i don't know if you know it but you know letitia right yeah so her business partner was took a a job um like in marketing at that french bakery that got into trouble oh uh, yeah right? La Farine. yeah so yeah. basically they got done for using expired flour, flour. Yeah. but I, I think it was just all a stitch up um they also arrested the gm who had nothing to do with anything she got arrested she was marketing yeah and she just started working with them yeah so they arrested a bunch of people because the main guy had stayed in france and wouldn't come back yeah and then it. also she got she was put in prison and then and then for, for a really long time, they just took her passport and she was yeah. trapped. She wasn't allowed to work. Yeah. She had to do these like 
I, th- I think it was her. She had to do these like communist Community classes. services or whatever. Yeah, community services yeah. and shit. And I, she can't earn money living in one of the most expensive cities on earth. It was yeah. just a disaster. And her whole life, was, oh, she, she was just traumatized when, when she finally felt comfortable enough to tell people about what had happened to her. Yeah. So, you know, it can go bad. Um, yeah, in Suzhou, they come in uniforms, the whole thing. So w- here, now here's just what a ha- reminder. Also, we kind of shared that story on the podcast before. Yeah, so I've talked about this. Yeah, before. yeah. Um, so, so, so what happened for me was we had James Adomian yeah. on tour, and James, that Jan, Jan, a junior guy at James's agency, and I had had a little bit of conflict in the organizing, mm. and I guess that guy had told James. Something that meant when I met James that he day... He was already on guard. He just wasn't friendly. Sure, yeah. And I was like, great, I've got to win this guy over. Sure. So, show starts in Suzhou, which is a beautiful Sold room. out too. Yeah, packed show. And we're watching the show and Turner goes to me, hey, that Chinese guy in the back of the room is filming. And as you do, yeah. I immediately go to walk over to him to tell him to stop. And Turner grabs my arm and goes, well, hang on a minute, he's from the Cultural Bureau. Yeah. And we're like, oh, <laughs> okay. So, which also at this point, you want to assume the best. You want to assume that's just a guy who's doing a regular check or whatever. We've had checks before. Exactly. And you then know? you're like, this is going to be fine. We've had people come into shows and yeah. write down material. Yeah. Um, but it was people sitting there taking notes about the material. <laughs> about dick jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you, adding tags? Can, yeah. can I get your notes? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you should try that next time. Yeah. So, so we have a bit of a powwow. And we decide we need to protect a Domian. Yeah. So there was a back door to that venue and we pulled him into this sort of garage area and said, yeah. hey man, listen, the government is here filming. This is this could go really badly. Yeah. Uh, we think we should just get you safe. And he goes, I here. should talk to my audience. No, he's like, these are my fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, no these one are my knows fans. You. They paid money. These people don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah. It's Sujo. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> Um, the choice is like, this or the drunken clown. These people have loved me their whole lives. <laughs> Uh, and listen, I don't want to poop on a, d- a dime because he was cool. But uh, he, so we end up, he says, I'm, I want to go with the show. So I go on as host and I say to the audience, listen, everybody, the Culture Bureau is here, but James wants to go ahead with the show. Should we go ahead with the show? The whole room goes, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't do it. And Keep they all the just money. get you up. Don't care. Yeah. They all just get up and start leaving. Yep. And Adomian's like, ah. So <laughs> then it's a mess. So then we're stuck with these guys and we're getting interrogated. And, and the advice that I got, was don't hide from them. Yeah. Because they can find you and if you make it make them have to work to find you, they will yeah. not treat you. They will make your life harder. They'll they'll do it worse. Yeah. So I end up giving them my WeChat and everything. Yeah. And the the logic that we had been explained to us was if you get shut down in a city and then you're okay in the next city, it means it was local. Yeah. If you get and and as it turned out, the problem had nothing to do with us. It was a rivalry between bars yeah, it that was were reporting reported, each other. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the bar we had just been, got caught the, in the crossfire. The bar had been raided twice that week yeah. for other stuff. So anyway, um, so I didn't sleep that entire night. I remember being. I in remember the hotel because room. I was being. Oh, I was in so Shanghai, I st- I was and you were calling from there. You're like, I was this like is so stressful. Everything's over. Yeah, you know. And, and we also had James. So Suzhou would usually be on a Wednesday or a, thir- a Thursday. Thursday. So we had him the next night in Shanghai. Two, we had three shows over the yeah. next two nights yeah, in Shanghai. Yeah. And the logic is, if they come in here, it means we're a national concern. Right. So we have to run these shows. I haven't slept all night. And back then I'm drinking. So like I'm also like yeah. pretty exhausted from everything going on. Yeah. Um, and maybe didn't drink that night, but the previous two nights we've been on the road. Sure. And so, anyway, um, we get to Shanghai. Shanghai and we're running the show and I'm standing in the bar just staring at the door because the elevator's there and I'm just waiting for them to yeah, come in. to come in. And they don't come. Machine guns Day and everything. Day one, <laughs> they don't come. Yeah. Day two, they don't come. And we're like, okay. That was a local problem. It was a local problem. Yeah. But there's this realization that I think a lot of people have is like, especially back then, is you can feel very free in China and you are until you aren't. Yeah. You know, and then you're suddenly, you're in China. You're definitely in China. 
and you're yeah when you also get to a certain level of success like the business was successful you, you, i would say you 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 get hate you're living you're living on board time on that's what i learned yeah you get and you get on lists that's the thing is yeah. you, you either you either fail because you don't make money yeah or you make money and you fail because you get your attention to yourself that's right there's no middle ground there's and no I, middle ground. I remember the actually this is basically like the advice of you know starting small businesses in china that's one of your two options right now yeah well someone i remember the 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 manager of the adjacent hotel who was responsible at one point for our area. Yeah. And he said to me, hey, just don't be popular. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, great. Well, <laughs> hey, great you want to start a business? Exactly. You want to start a business? Yeah. Just make enough money to break even. That's mm-hmm. when you... But that also, like, that kind of goes into the, the, the Chinese mentality of, you know, just just lay low. Like, don't don't fuck with authority, basically. Yeah, which I don't get. Don't challenge them. But but the problem is, is that we... I come from a similar culture, too, so I can't understand it, but I don't agree with it. Um, and so, you know... You, the problem was is that we'd we'd spent years developing yep. this idea that yep. was working. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that was like pretty horrific, and that was the point at which I personally started to realize that we needed to get out. Yeah. Um, and it took some time after that, but we certainly, you know, we managed to get Live Nation on board, and yep. we managed to plant all these seeds for getting out on yep. the back of that situation. Sure. Um, and then next, fast forward to the next comedy club that we lost. <laughs> so, and this is so crazy, but like, and you remember this, the week that we got shut down at the, the final venue in Shanghai, yeah. I sent a message to the comics saying, that was the, this, this is was the, bro- this yeah, is the, the peak. peak. Yeah. This is the best Dude, the that comedy club's still on my phone. It's the best the comedy club's ever done. The lineup was the strongest. The yeah. sales were the best. It was, we'd peaked. There was such the great energy of like also just Everyone new comics coming. Everyone was so motivated. Oh, mate, and it was just a hot scene. It was, a, and keep in mind that for the last two years before that, we've always lost the top comics in our lineup. So that's the problem when you try to run a scene is that you've got to grow faster than the transients yeah. in a city like that because people get good and they leave. And, and you know what? Testimony to how great that scene was like how many of those guys went on to become professional comedians that's, that's, that's the point and we were never like oh like of course it makes our job so a in other harder. scenes people leave and they just stop doing comedy for us they're leaving to do comedy yeah, on a higher level because they have outgrown the club yeah which for us is, is obviously a sign of success yeah but it's also a motivator it's also a sign of go- failure <laughs> <laughs> in China it is yeah that's the thing so yeah. Anyway, we lose that venue. So Tuesday, I reckon I sent that message out, and then Wednesday, Wednesday open mic. they they hit us yeah. at an open mic, and they come in with their badges, and it was so sad because no one understood what was going on. We Everyone had to send. I literally had to go on stage and send the audience home. They had to send them home, and and they're uh, all like, "Oh, I guess we'll see you, see you next next time." And we're like, and I'm sitting there like, "This is yeah, it. I this, think is this is it, it guys." Yeah. And it, the other thing that was sad is like. The death of the club, and I think, uh, I don't want to get into too much about the one now, but it's sort of like, you're like, what, when is the end? You don't sort of get a moment to be like, we're finished. It's sort of, you find out it's done after it's done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know that this is the end, but I think that this is the end. And we really didn't know it was the end for some months after that when I'd failed. Yeah. To solve the problem. Right, yeah. And we I were think also given point, all this like crazy conditions if we are to reopen. Yeah, and people were like, people were saying that people didn't realize that it was real. And I remember when I finally changed the profile pic on the Kung Fu Comedy account to my own because it was yeah. my personal WeChat. People were like, oh, yeah. it's done. And that yeah. was like, a, that was way after Dude, that finished. was after you, pretty much after you moved here. I think I was living in Hong <laughs> yeah. Kong at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it took you a whole year for you to actually get in the mental state that you Well, no it was just, I, I realized that it was pointless. I get it, it. No, I get what you're saying. But it is, yeah, it is frustrating. And fast forward to our situation now. Well, well then let me, I want to add a couple of things to yeah. that. Because I tried to rescue it. I went and met, oh, by the way, when I was talking about the guys in Suzhou. Yeah. So I gave him my WeChat. So they messaged me yeah. and they were like, hey, we need you to come in for a meeting. Yeah. And I was like, I don't live in Suzhou. Yeah. I would have to go to Suzhou You're for like, a meeting. You're like, come in for a meeting. No, they <laughs> said, if you don't come, we'll hand you over to the entry exit bureau. Yeah. That's what they said. God damn. So I was like, I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, they're like, it's not and a you know request. what? When you're cool with them, yeah. those guys, they were pretty chill. 
Yeah, I mean, none of them is like senior enough to be like the. No, nah, they're just following orders. Exactly, but they the have thing. the cap- they have the capacity to screw you more than they have to. Yeah, but I also believe in like people like this because I come from a military family. My dad is a cop, and I get the idea. I love that, that you think the cop is the military, which is no, the most Egyptian thing it ever. It is. I was gonna say <laughs> I understand the difference, obviously, but uh, back home it's the same thing. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So I understand when you have that much level of authority. But most people are just good people. They're just following the rules. And when they see that you're not looking for trouble, they try their best to not fuck with you. Yeah, like there's no point. Well, no, I'm not saying most people, but whatever. Yeah. There's this scope to get to, to, to minimize the impact. You're right, yeah. And they brought me in, gave me tea, and they're like, you just can't do shows anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we, I, I did the same thing in Shanghai. I went and met with them. And what I didn't realize is that the division for shutting you down is d- different to the division for approvals. Yeah. Because we had a working relationship with the ones and I was the shows. So I was told to take in Lewis, yeah. a Shanghainese guy, and said, let the Shanghainese have this conversation yeah. because it greases the wheels. I yeah. don't speak Shanghainese. I speak Mandarin. Yeah. And they said, pretend you don't speak Chinese. Let them talk in Shanghainese. Yeah. So... We do that and it's not going well. So I just um, screw your plan. I just start speaking to him and I was yeah. like, you understand that you're the cultural bureau and your singular contribution for in a division that's supposed to foster culture is to destroy it and that this is <laughs> such a beautiful, beautifully sh- unique Shanghainese thing, this scene. This has. feels like a scene in a movie when you like have this whole beautiful speech. Yeah, and they're just <laughs> and these two the, idiots sitting exactly. there. Exactly. And just then they like, cut uh, back to like... like oh, but we just <laughs> get, the, get the memo about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They even agreed with me. They're like, we agree with you. But you know there's nothing we could do about it, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like, we're just following the orders, dude. Yeah. So, anyway. So, that was a disaster. Um, but, but... We had already at that point set ourselves up for the riff. Uh, actually, what was going to be called Chaplains. Yeah, we're going to call it Chaplains. Yeah, uh, call it chaplains, yeah the, like I still have the the original uh, designs with Chaplains all over it. And they said that uh, the reason we didn't use Chaplains was because they were afraid we'd get sued by the Chaplain Estate. Yeah, but but in hindsight, I think the riff was a better name. Yeah, I, don't, like, I like I'm, the riff. As I'm name. not against it. I just think that they were smart to actually not have chaplains because obviously Live Nation is a huge company and chaplains can come after them for a lot of sure. money. So. And also it turned out the logo we'd made was apparently like remarkably similar to his signature. Oh, was it? Yeah. That's, it w- it that's was, funny. It was quite similar actually. Oh, okay. I, d- I, didn't, I haven't seen his signature before, but that's quite yeah, funny. He always signed in blue neon. <laughs> um, so anyway... So that went down, but we already, you know, we kind of knew that bullet was going to come at some point. We just didn't know when. So we were like, let's set it up in the safe haven of Hong Kong <laughs> where nothing can go and wrong. And again, that was at the end of at 2018. That time, yes. Mate, in, in late 2018, yeah. Hong Kong was a friggin' island of freedom. Yeah, it was. Uh, Funny we're saying that literally we just lowered our voice. I didn't. While <laughs> I did. Yeah, I know you did. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's how, yeah, what the situation is here right now. So but it's like, it's like a strange turn of events. Like just literally with the riff, it just, we ne- never really had a full chance. That's the frustrating there, part about There's it. a lot of stuff that like, we were supposed to open in November 2018 and we opened for two Small weekends in January, weekends. January, then closed until uh, March, ma- May. No, we had we, oh, had, we ran shows yeah. in March, and then we closed again. So we, we had two two weekends in March. So there was a delay after we finished constructions. First of all, because of the licenses, so there was already well, well, a delay. Well, we're just getting to the point though. Yeah. Is, is like we we were supposed to open in November, and yeah. we essentially opened in May. Yeah, and then we were closed again in July. Yeah. So really, if you think about it, like. What we needed was time to prove that it works. Yes. And we were never given that. And the reason is, is that the the liquor license took so long to come through because the police wouldn't check the venue because they were they claimed that they were too busy handling the protest. Which is obviously a political move to turn you as a business owner against the protest. 
Yeah. That's what I believe in. It might be a conspiracy, well, but that's I'll, what I'll, I think. I'll tell you this. Yeah. The, 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 the people that work in the police force that handle the licensing don't handle the street. That's exactly my point. They do have it's different to work. Division. It's a different division. But yeah. because I talked to other venue owners and they all said like, oh, if I have a fight, they don't come in and they, lit- they call the cops and the cops are like, oh, we're out on the protest. Yeah. When there was no protest at the time. Yeah. So in, in any event, if we'd, if we'd been able to open in November. Yeah. It and might and have had been. a shot before COVID, yeah. it might have been a different story. Also, if in July they hadn't been letting these exemptions where pilots could come in with COVID and infect the city and they didn't have that outbreak, we would have stayed open yeah, and generating money. It's so, crazy that now we're getting to a position again when we were like, but it oh. Got, it got to a point where it just, you know, we, we ran out of candles to hold. Yeah. Uh, for the, for the club and 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 know, also I I looked at the schedule the other day except for the two weekends in we sold sh- tickets not just that except for the two weekends in January we never ran at one hundred percent capacity and the two weekends in January by the way we ran with no liquor license so, so the there's po- no money there's no booze coming in there's, there's no booze my point is that we never had a full chance of the fu- a whole place to mate, show its mate, capacity forget about that the real economically the real money earner is when you fly in the international comedians which we did so we once? flew in will yeah that's it that was ran last minute a yeah. we got we were able to open just before yeah. we found out and b we couldn't sell any booze we couldn't sell so yeah. it was just it was just so the model uh, rem- uh, it was a remarkably uh you know dense set of uh, headwinds that people, we ran into for people who are not familiar completely with the structure of, of the business like we make the bulk of the money on the international tours that's right yeah so the rest of the of the, of the month it's local shows and a we lot did of the it tickets in, money we're not supposed to sell that many tickets to local shows and we sold out six weeks in a row at limited capacity yeah. but in the middle of no tourism yeah people being afraid to go out like it was remarkable and every time we would open again people would be so excited to come out and the other thing as a venue manager people are so uh excited about doing shows that they are happy to comply with any restrictions yeah at some point i had them scan a declaration form and show and check their temperature couldn't take their alcohol into the couldn't take their alcohol into the comedy room face masks keep masks on the whole time even at the show while they're laughing and make sure that they have hand sanitizer at all times all of that and people were just happy to follow all the rules that's that's it's uh Hey, buddy. We'll, yeah, we'll be sorry. okay. <laughs> yeah, got a little emotional. Yeah, but you know what? I just have a lot of confidence that this. Uh, you know, here's a question. I don't. I personally don't think this is the hardest part of what we've had thrown at us. No, personally. Yeah. What do you? Th- what do you feel like looking back over all of that? What was your low point? It's going to be a selfish answer because it's very personal. It's the moment when I started working with Kung Fu Comedy and I was switching my visa over. Oh, my God. I had about six months of business visa. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, it was the live stream not working this morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second lowest one. But that story is amazing because we worked with kind of a shady company, now I have to say that, who just sponsored, like people in China would know that. Like It was it a just, shelf company. A shelf company, exactly. So but I got screwed as well. So we had visas fine for yeah. years. And then they changed the rules about how you get visas. And it could only be companies that had more Chinese staff than foreign staff. Every Chinese staff member had to have full insurance paid. And then the company had to apply for a license that allowed them to apply for visas. Yeah. So, like, I could have actually gotten that. Yeah. But it was, like, months-long process for the company to figure out. And my visa was up. Yeah. You know, so fortunately, I was able to get on a spousal visa. Dude, with that, when, so long story short, this shell company, whatever, sponsoring my visa, I had to go into immigration with her. I had already given her a lease, release letter from my previous company was China Telecom. A huge, like, multi, like, uh, what is the, the word? National company in, in China. And I'm like, hey, this release letter is already over 21 days and as per law in china you can't apply for a a new visa if you're uh, over 21 days but i said hey i'm actually going to hong kong this weekend i think to look at the club or whatever i was doing and i'm like hey i can get a release letter from my boss because he's in hong kong now she said no need i'm like okay met my boss here had lunch with him never asked him for the letter i go back to china i go with her to immigration she had forged the date 
and then she applied the forged oh, documents. Oh, I forgot about that. Dude, she applied the forged documents at immigration with the two of us standing there, and immediately two officers stand behind me. Oh, and man. And I, I knew this is the lowest point I had in China. I, I forgot about that. Dude, in my head, I'm like, this is it. I'm getting arrested right now. We had right everything, now. and she just put the wrong document She in. put the wrong... She that put, she'd made herself. She made herself really shitty forging, too. Like, bad. Bad Photoshop. And she gave it to the immigration officer, and these two officers shows up beh- behind me. I don't understand the conversation. She's Shanghainese. And somehow, to manage to, she managed to weasel her way out of the conversation and get me out of it. And I'm like, ah, oh, you fucking idiot. And then this whole thing happened. But then I couldn't work with her anymore. First of all, I didn't trust her. And second, they wouldn't let me apply again because they or- I already have a record. I, You know what? So I, I, I ended up in Malaysia. So, so, so well, here, just to contextualize this yeah. a little bit, we're closing the deal with Live Nation yeah. and we think we've saved the day yet again. Yeah. This is yet another <laughs> moment of like, we've, we've freaking figured this out. Yeah. But they're just, it's getting close to Christmas. They're taking a little long to finalize it. And, and we're looking at, we're like, you're not going to get your visa in time. Yeah. So I said, here's what you do. Just go down to, it was, it was just late December. Yeah. I was like, just go down to Hong Kong and renew your business visa so you can get back in. Yeah. But Egyptians can't do yeah. it in yeah. Hong Kong. So the next so place like, is okay. Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> And this is so <laughs> funny because Mo's feeling pretty down about yeah. how this has gone. Meanwhile, Live Nation. <laughs> I don't think I told you this until recently. Yeah, you didn't. So <laughs> Live Nation are like trying to court me a little bit. Yeah. It was like out of the movies. Like I hadn't signed a contract yet. They invite me to speak at an event of some of the biggest promoters in the world that are their promoters. Right. In, in Hong Kong. So my, my new boss is like, hey, soon to be boss, yeah. is like, hey, can you come down to our meeting? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, no problem. And they just sent me the details. It's like, oh, we're staying at the W Hotel. Now, I didn't know what the W was. Yeah. And I'm like, W, just give it a letter. This, yeah. this, this <laughs> That's a crappy hotel. <laughs> what is it? I thought it was like the yeah. cheaper ass hotel. Right. So I get down there and I'm walking in and I'm like, this doesn't seem like it's the right place. Right. And they've put me in like a harbor view room. Oh, man. And I walk into my hotel room. It's back when Live Nation had money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too soon, Mohammed. Too soon. Too soon, I'm fired. What else are they going to do? Yeah. How long did they fuck me? Exactly. You know? um, so, so Mohammed, at the same moment, is walking into the crappiest hostel in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. And he calls me and he's miserable. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm just in my hotel. I just walked into my hotel. Where are you right now? And I'm like, I just walked into my hotel room and I'm looking across in a beautiful five-star hotel. I'm looking across the harbor. It's stunning. With caviar in your hand. There are are those beautiful eagles. Oh, sure. Kites flying past the window. (laughs) And... uh, and I looked at it and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm like, room. yeah, I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough. I'm on the bus. I'm, just, I'm just dumping the shampoo and conditioner <laughs> in, your in, bag. in my moisturizer <laughs> yeah. into my bag. <laughs> Some towels. So, yeah, to answer your question, that was the... Because no, I no, it got worse. <laughs> you don't remember? No, I don't think so. Oh, dude, I can't believe you don't remember this. So, we were using a shelf company. Yeah. To renew your visa. Right. Now, the thing about the shelf company is it was owned by an, an actual running business. Right. And only the boss knew about that. Yeah. So, they put the number of the reception on, oh, fuck, on, on the application, yeah. <laughs> on the letter. And then the So, the friggin' embassy yeah. or the visa office in Qual- Qual- calls this business yeah. and is like, hi, we're looking for someone from this company name. The woman's yeah. like, I don't know, that's company name. Yeah, yeah. That's they're like, us. oh, there's an application from Mohammed. They go, we don't yeah, have a Mohammed. We don't know about this. <laughs> visa denied. Yep. <laughs> so you get denied. You're stuck in KL. You you can't stay in KL. You can't yeah. leave KL. You yeah. can't come back to us. Yeah. And uh, miraculously, and we I managed just, to get me a week mate, I of got, whatever visa. I got on the phone yeah. with the visa office there. I yeah. said, listen, we just had some idiot. They run two companies out of here. Yeah. And somehow we got you back in. Yeah. On like a one-week visa. It was like one week. Yeah, yeah, But it was yeah. enough to get you onto the working visa. Right. And then, yeah, we managed to miraculously switch over to I Live just, Nation. I don't know how we got oh through this stuff. So yeah. crazy. So this is definitely like almost being arrested for immigration fraud is definitely the lowest point. Interesting, yeah. Like for the record, it was not my fault. 
Mate, lowest point for me was having to listen to you retell the story again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, we're back on comedy. And oh, oh, shit. I'm just... <laughs> oh, no, no, we're still on. We're still uh, yeah, on. Right. Just kick the friggin' Zoom off the table. Oh, uh, karma, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so I think the low point for me was, was into ARC. That's, yeah. that's when I felt like we couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, even now, I sort of know that we can do it. Yeah, because we have been through all this shit before. But, and I know enough about what we do to be like, I know, I know that I know how to make this work. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I think about My it frustration is, is knowing how to do something I love, knowing all the people that I need to make it happen, and no. I just haven't had a shot at it. Yeah, And Turner and I were saying the same thing, because Turner had a horrific exit out of China, and then he got to America, and he busted his ass. Yeah. He was really innovative. He's managing to live as a stand-up comedian in Brooklyn, which is no small f- no. feat. No, no. No mean feat. And, you know, COVID hits. Yep. And it I know COVID's affecting everyone, but 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 he had such a challenging run to get to that point. Yeah. That, uh, but but he's a, you know it's a fucking Turner mate. If there's anybody you, that can figure it out, I mean he's better than any of us. Yeah, that's true. No, I would yeah I would turn up to him if I'm running out of options. Like what what would you do? And he would have something that I didn't even think of. Sell ice cream. <laughs> what do you think? Let me ask you a question. What do you think the the, the, the near future holds for us? Um, Maybe maybe in Hong Kong, maybe not in Hong Kong. What do you think is going to happen? I don't want to jinx us, mm. and I don't want to be too specific. Yeah, but I'm very committed to staying in Hong Kong. Okay. I really love this place. Uh, I think the scene here is miraculous. The the people here, you know, Karina and I were talking about it. Yeah. Garen, Mahesh, and Ryan, Vivek. I don't I mean, know about Mahesh, but the rest <laughs> of them. <laughs> I don't know you and Mahesh. <laughs> you brown guys can't be the same. What are you? The, yeah, no. Yeah. Vying for the token brown guy he's position? Like, he's like everything that I, I can't be, except for being funny. But everything ah. else, he's like, he's jacked. He has a great job. Yeah. And, he's like, and I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> he's, he's good at comedy. Uh, uh, nah, that's not. <laughs> that's definitely not it. But, you know, and I, I don't want to even start. Now, everyone in our lineup is amazing. Yeah. There, there's been comics that have, we've, in, a, in a way, really helped them establish themselves like Kari and yeah. Ash and Seth like all of oh, these guys Seth, Seth yeah. great example he's a beast yeah, yeah yeah I don't think you should call him a beast but um, <laughs> beast he, at comedy he's great at comedy yeah and great people it's such a great vibe here so you want to stay I yeah you know that you know yeah. and I think that they're you know I'm really I'm working on figuring that out and if that doesn't work you know there's other places we can go but this is not enough for me to give up on what we're doing because I know we can figure it out and and I don't feel panicked. I don't know why. I just it was to get the call that we were fired. It it felt like a movie script where the writers got lazy. Right. Yeah. I was like And you just had I was a like, cop out I'm basically. I'm like really? Yeah. That's the direction this story is going yeah. in now. I'm like okay, fine. Right, you know, it almost feels like writers got lazy and repetitive too. Yeah, it's like I'm like, guys, come on, fucking switch it up a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. But Uh, then I'm afraid of like jinxing that. It was like be creative, and then they just arrest us. Yeah, all right, can we go back to the fire? We we all get cancer. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, so I don't know what the future is going to hold, but I can tell you that that it's going to take a little bit more. Than, than us getting fired for me to um, stop doing the thing I know we can do. And on that lovely note, I think it's time to plug the Patreon. If you want yeah. to give us some money, exactly. we'd love to, to pay eat. rent. We'd love to eat this week. Yeah, we'd love to eat this week. <laughs> no, we don't have a Patreon set up. I don't um, I, I do. I mean, I'm about to by the time you release that. Yeah, From today right. to tomorrow. Go to the <laughs> go, go to www.patreon.com slash the other Muhammad. Fuck yeah, dude. You slash you. visa fraud <laughs> slash not as funny as Mahesh slash <laughs> oh my God, I had to listen to that story again slash. <laughs> All right. Patreon slash the other Muhammad. By the time this goes up, I will set it up so I can just pay rent. I love how you and Turner make way more money off my audience than I do. Yeah, well, <laughs> fucking go ahead and plug yours. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Anyway, stay tuned, guys. We're not done yet. We're we, not done. We got, we got more coming, and we will figure it out. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but uh, maybe we'll be selling ice cream. Who knows? Um, or 
putting up content on Patreon. But hey, so every Sunday at 11 a.m. we'll be doing live streams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I'm going to talk to uh, Shannon from Podbean, and who is amazing in helping us out and see if we can get it going It would again. be kind of funny if this podcast somehow does but not get know, recorded. You know what? For all my years of doing a podcast, the podcast is doing better than it's ever done. That's doing great. Record numbers. Feel yeah. great about it. And I just want to keep this going. So... Stay tuned. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.